0: well that was for me but i want to do it again for the lord thank you please be seated and um, good evening ladies and gentlemen and hallelujah I want to first salute Reverend Dennis Menu the the head pastor. I want to um, wherever he is know that I appreciate this opportunity and then Reverend Emmanuel Ansa all the associates pastors in this house. I thank God for you. Reverend Ansa is a brother and a friend and Um, I was quite surprised that he says, I inspire him because he inspires me and encourages me all the time. So it's mutual then. Amen. And um, I want to thank God for your life and for all the work you're doing here. Uh, God will not forget your labor of love. And I thank God for all of you for coming. You know, when we don't have you, we don't have a church. And I am confident of this very thing. That God, who has begun a good work in your lives, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I believe that the second half of the year will be better than the first. That God will cause your story to change. So let's keep walking with him. Let's keep trusting him. He will change everything for your good. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we share a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, want to thank you for your goodness. We want to thank you for the freedom to worship. We thank you for what you continue to do in our lives. We thank you for the bright future that lies ahead of us. We pray that as we sit at your feet, you will speak to us. That your word, which is living and active, will bring transformation. That your word will bring growth in our lives. Your word will cause us to bear fruit. Teach us, Lord, to walk with you day by day in this faith and as we journey towards heaven. We bless you and bless the teaching of your word in Jesus' mighty name. And I want you to say a big amen. amen. Hallelujah. Well, we are looking at a quiet time in our devotional life, which is a foundation and practice of our Christian faith. So when we talk about our devotional life, we are talking about making Christ the center of our lives. Jesus Christ, making God, making our Lord the center of our lives. In other words, the Lord becomes a major focus of your life. A devotional life means you are devoted to God, devoted to Him. It means fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. It means spending time with God. It means abiding in Him. Amen. Amen. Now when we talk about abiding in Him, it means, the word abide means to dwell. It means to stay connected or or to sink deeper. And God's word in John chapter 15 verse 4 says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. And we abide in the Lord through his word, through prayer, through fellowship, through our obedience, through walking in his will. This is all the devotional life. Of a Christian. Now the second thing I want to say. As I lay a foundation. Is the fact that we must always remember. That Christianity is about a relationship. With God through Christ Jesus. It is a way of life. It is not a religion. Religion has to do with. Forms of worship and laws. But this is a way of living. And it begins with a relationship with God through Christ Jesus. And what God once desires is that you and I will know him. In other words, we'll have a relationship with him that will enable us to live victoriously. John, the beloved of the Lord, the apostle wrote in John 17 verse 3, that this is eternal life, that they may know you. That is the bottom line. That we may know the Lord. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. Knowing God, beloved, means we must seek him. And that means we must have a devotional life. We must seek him. He says when we seek him, we will find him. It is important because knowing that God exists. It's not the same as having a personal knowledge of him, having an intimate relationship with him. In our world today, there are many believers that have not grown past their salvation experience to know God intimately. And I've come to challenge you that go deeper. The word abide also means go deeper and it means stay connected. When I look in the Bible, I find very interesting characters like Job, whom the Bible described as a righteous man. And when his sons had feast in their homes, he would actually offer sacrifices on their behalf that per chance, in their merry making, they had said something wrong or done something wrong. They had sinned and would offer those sacrifices when Satan dared to touch him. God spoke about his righteousness. Yet, after all the trials and afflictions that he went through, he got closer to God. He experienced God on another level. And he said in Job chapter 42 verse 5, that I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He had heard, he knew about God. And sometimes that is all that it is for some. Christianity has become a title, but the relationship is not being built. It is my prayer that this shall be our story. It shall not just be what we have heard, but we know that we know that we know who God is and who our Savior Jesus Christ is. You know, somebody can be in church and at every meeting day. And serve in church. And yet not know the Lord. Because a person doesn't have a consistent devotional life. My mind takes me back to Samuel. When he was a child. He lived in the tabernacle. He served in Eli in the tabernacle. And yet he did not know the voice of God. And when God called him three times. It took the elder priests to show him that this is the voice of God. First Samuel chapter 3 verse 7 says, Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor had the word of the Lord be revealed to him. He did not yet have knowledge of his own. I am sure he had heard the Lord read the scriptures and all that, but he takes You having that personal relationship, building on it, hearing the voice of God, and knowing who God is. Hallelujah! Like Paul said, I have no, I know whom I have believed. Hallelujah! So what I am trying to say is that becoming a Christian is an instantaneous uh, miracle, but to live and grow as a Christian is a process. And we must work at it. Amen. Amen. Colossians chapter 2. Verses 6 and 7. Colossians 2, 6 and 7 says. So then. Just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord. Continue to live your lives in him. As you have received him. It doesn't end when we receive him. I am a Christian. I am born again. But we should continue. To live our lives in Him. Rooted and built up in Him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught. And overflowing with thanksgiving. Amen. So having laid this foundation, I want to say that an important factor for our growth as Christians is the quiet time. Amen. So what is the quiet time? The quiet time is a time you set aside each day to be with God in prayer, in the study of the word, and to hear from him. And it is important that we make an intentional commitment to seek God, to seek his presence, to have fellowship with him every single day of our lives. It is important that we get to know God in the secret place. Because for many Christians, their contact with God is mostly public, not private. What do I mean? At church meetings, it is good. Fellowship has its place. But it must begin in the secret place. Hallelujah. So it should not only be when the church meets to pray that you are connected to God. But you must have A daily quiet time. Want to look at the example of Jesus. He came to this earth and He showed us a way of true worship. And He laid the foundation for everything in our walk with the Lord, including the quiet time. So the Bible tells us in Mark chapter 1, verse 35 Now in the morning, Having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place. And there he prayed. That was the example of the master. He started his day with God. He placed God first in his life. He was his major focus. He had a place he went to. Bible says he went out. He made sure that he had a place where he could have, he could focus on the Lord. It is important that we plan our quiet time and not leave it to chance. If we aim at nothing, we will achieve nothing. We've got to work at it. We've got to set a time. When do I want to do it? What time works for me? I need to leave home by 6.30. So what time will I have my quiet time? You need to select a place. Your bedroom may be too comfortable. You are likely to go back to bed. So which part of the house or do I go out? Select a place. And of course we need tools to be able to have an effective quiet time. We can't just leave the bedroom to your study or to the living room without a Bible without a notepad whether it's electronic or it is a hard copy we need those things we need a pen or something or if you, you're using a tablet or an iPad, you pick it along it is a whole package you aim at it because without vision the people cast off restraint this is important I wake up Normally around 3.45 to 4 a.m. Sometimes at 3.30 if I go to bed early. And I do this religiously. I mean, even when I tell myself that today is Saturday, I want to sleep through and wake up. The Holy Spirit, because we went into some agreement, will wake me up around that time. And when I wake up, I move from my bedroom so I don't go back to bed. And I move to the living room. Everybody in my household knows that I'm the first to come and meet me in the living room. I'll pray. I'll study my word and do all the things I need to do. It is a discipline. It is a choice we have to make. Once we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, it is a new way of life. And we have to follow it. To be able to grow, to know God better, to live a victorious life, it is important. Amen. Amen. I just want to touch on a few areas of importance of having your quiet time. Then we'll look at the components. There are a lot, but I'll touch on a few. It's important because we commit our day into God's hands. There are less distractions when we meet God in the morning, like He did. And then you've woken up from bed, you are more alert, your soul is renewed. It's the best time. Many of the battles we win, we have already won them in the morning as we pray. In the trees, we have a saying, so, if you are so he taught us, he showed us the time. Let me tell you, sometimes you need to rush out of the house very early in the morning. So you tell yourself, I'm going i come back to do it. But when you come back, it is never the same. Somehow your soul is already cluttered with cares. And there's so much noise and distractions. So that example is the best. And I want to encourage you. That if it means going to bed a little early, to be able to do it before going to work, we need to do it. I mean, God just knew you would get that job. He blessed you with it. God knows that there is traffic, but he still asks us to do this. It means that we need to organize ourselves to be able to fulfill it. So the devotional life, as I was going to talk about the importance, is the strength of the Christian. Number one, you fellowship with your maker. You minister to him. You bond with him. It's a great time. James 4, 8 says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. I mean, fellowshipping with God is such a sweet experience. It's an experience every believer must enjoy day by day. Secondly, we experience spiritual growth. We receive nourishment. John fifteen five, He who abides in me bears much fruit. We bear spiritual fruit of love, of patience, of gentleness, of self-control and others. We grow in purity and holiness. We, we we are endued with the power of God. Gifts of the Spirit become activated in our lives. All these things happen as we spend time with God. I love it too because three, we enjoy a victorious Christian life. You receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You know, the soul is almost like a fuel tank that has to be refilled all the time. So that we, ca- we have enough fuel to run this Christian race. And God gives us strength and grace to overcome sin and temptation. Every day we encounter temptation. Every day there are battles to fight. Every day. But when we start right and we start with God, we receive grace, we receive strength, we receive empowerment. He says, watch and pray so that you do not enter into temptation. Matthew twenty six forty one. He says in Psalm thirty seven thirty one, 31, the law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. God carries us. God guides us. God helps us. Hallelujah. He empowers us to fight spiritual battles more effectively. And and He gives us supernatural wisdom. You know, as you connect with Him. He imparts wisdom. He imparts ideas. He he imparts creativity. He imparts innovation for your career, for the ministry, for the things we do. So that we can remain on top. He deals with every area of our lives. We enter into his presence to bless him, to worship him, to be with him. And we leave full because he deposits treasures in our lives. Hallelujah. There are many ideas and a lot of guidance I have received in life and ministry through my quiet time. Each time I go before God, sometimes I can't even read what I have written because the ideas are tumbling so fast. My hand is not able to move that fast. But God is ready to pour into us. But he needs you to be in the place of prayer and the word. The devotional life also gives us an effective and fruitful ministry. Some are ushers. Some are pastors. Some are singers. Some are teaching children and all that. We all have ministries. We serve the Lord. But we do, we cannot do it by our might. First Samuel chapter two verse nine says, "By strength no man shall prevail." It is God who gives us the enablement, and as we wait before Him and sit at His feet, He gives to us the spiritual energy and the strength that we need. Hallelujah. Amen. Your ministry cannot grow beyond the level of your Christian growth. And so if we want to be more impactful, we want to touch more lives, we want to be more effective, it begins in the secret place. Amen. Amen. want to continue and look at components of the quiet time. What are we supposed to do? Mostly we just talk about prayer and talk about the Word. There are two important components. But there are others. That we need to look at. If we want to have a rich quiet time. Effective quiet time. We have to look at several other components. That will make a time with God. Very meaningful and rich. Number one. Of course we must have thanksgiving. We can't enter God's presence. And not thank him for life. You know we never wake ourselves up. If you think it is your alarm clock, it is not. We wake up each day because God wakes us up. And we need to thank Him for the gift of life. Because in somebody's home, there were tears and wailing. Somebody didn't wake up. And if God wakes you up each morning, it's because He has something in line for you. He has something for you. You need to thank Him for all the blessings of the day that you are going to encounter. Not only that, we need to thank Him for all His benefits to us, for our salvation, for His goodness. Psalm 104 says we should enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. We should give thanks to Him and praise His name. Psalm 103 verses 1 to 3 also talks about how we should bless the Lord and forget not. All his benefits Thanksgiving is important It pleases God And as you continue to thank God It lifts up your own faith Because as you recount How you were sick And you should have died But you didn't die How your car had an accident And everybody is wondering How you were still alive But you didn't die because God kept you when you look at the family you have, and you look at all the provision, it lifts up your faith to know that the same God who has done that for you will do so in the future. Amen. Amen. Number two, another important component is consecration. The Bible says that if we say we have no sin, we lie, and the truth is not in us. We make mistakes, and we need to go before God each day asking for forgiveness and for the cleansing of his blood upon our lives. When Jesus taught the Lord's prayer, he said in Matthew six twelve that we should say and forgive us our trespasses or our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. That will help us to release someone as we come before God asking for his mercy and forgiveness. And of course, it helps us To set ourselves apart for Him. Set ourselves apart to Him and from sin. Romans 12.1 talks about how we should present our bodies as a living sacrifice. We place ourselves upon the altar and say that, Lord, today as I walk with you, I want to walk in purity and holiness. I want to please you today. Grant me the grace and the strength. Consecration is important. Because each day as we clean up, we become better. Amen. And worship is another important component. You know God demands our worship. He wants us to worship Him. It's true worshipers who worship Him in spirit and in truth. And worship is not only reserved for the public service like we did tonight. But also in the secret place. Lift up your voice and sing. Lift up your voice in words of adoration. Lift up your voice and sing and pray in the spirit and worship God for whom he is. Psalm 95 verse 6 says, Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. And as we worship him in our closets, in the secret place, he will show up. As his presence. It becomes evident when we meet together. It is the same when you go into worship, even though you are alone. God will show up because he loves our worship. I mean, go into to, into worship and see how the Lord, his presence, shall be all over you. I have a friend who said there was a swoop and he was arrested with some group of people. And was put into cell for a crime he hadn't committed. It was some kind of crime against the state. And some political something. And he said he was in a cell. He didn't know when it was day or night. And one of the days he was worshipping. He said doors would be open. People would be taken out. They wouldn't return. He had no idea whether they were going home. Or they had just disappeared. And he said, Lord, I still have life. So with what is left, I will worship you. And in that cell, not knowing whether it was day or night, as he lifted his voice, he sang and he worshipped. He suddenly began to speak in tongues. He had never spoken in tongues before. But God's presence overshadowed him. I want you to know that as you worship God, during your quiet time, he will show up. He will bless you. His presence will be with you. You will not remain the same. Are you hearing me? He will touch you. He will heal you. He will bless you. He will He will break yokes. You will leave your prayer closet. And you will know that indeed, I have encountered God. Somebody ready to go into deeper worship with the Lord. Christians mostly will just pray one hour, 30 minutes sometimes read the Bible but these are components that make our time with God refreshing makes our time with God effective makes it meaningful and lifts us up and gives us victory when you step out you know that you have the backing of heaven behind you hallelujah I think it's all key to put your hands together for the Lord. Another component is prayer. And that's something we know how to do. For many people, quiet time is just prayer. Psalm 5, verse 3, David said, My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you, and I will look up. Even David in the Old Testament knew the importance and how strategic it is to to have your time of prayer in the morning. Beloved, prayer is the life wire of the believer. That is what gives us strength in our inner man. And it is our lifeline to God. Without prayer, our communication with God is broken. And we become spiritually weak and ineffective. I mean, the fish cannot cannot survive outside water. And we cannot survive spiritually if our communion is broken with the Lord. But as we pray, I want to encourage you. that Let's pray with all kinds of prayers and requests. I know many Christians, God has blessed us with the gift of speaking in tongues. And so that is all that we do. Fine, if you are so led on a particular day. But God wants us to go deeper. His word says in Ephesians six eighteen that pray in the spirit and pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. By all means, make your petitions. But our prayer should not only be me, myself, and I. We should also pray for the body of Christ. We should pray for the nation that God has placed us in. We should pray for our families. We should pray for the church. We should pray for the pastors and so on. Pray with all manners. So you will do your petition. You will do intercession. These are all different areas of prayer. We will do some warfare as, as you are led. Amen. You will travail. To birth certain things. But let's not just always. All we do is. Get malaria, and death, 30 minutes and you are up. We are going deeper. Amen. I did not hear an amen. amen. And as we go into prayer. I want to encourage you to also to listen to God. A quiet time. Is a place where we listen to God. The strength of every relationship is a conversation. And so prayer is talking to God and listening to him as he talks to us. His word says in Proverbs chapter 8 verse 34. It says, happy or blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. God still speaks. Amen. Some of you have not heard the voice of God for a long time. He has not stopped speaking, but you have stopped listening. Sometimes as soon as you finish the prayer and say amen, you are up. He's about to answer. He's about to tell you great and mighty things that you do not know. He's about to give you a solution to that problem, but you are up. You are going. You are, we are not listening. He speaks. And we need to be still to listen to Him. He has a word for us. We need a word from the Lord every day. Apart from the primary word that is the Bible, we also need to hear from Him. He speaks. His still voice. He will prompt you. He does that all the time. A word of encouragement. You are preparing to get married. You need a word from the Lord. In your career, you need a word from the Lord. You are bereaved. You need a word of comfort from the Lord. For every season of our lives, we need a word from the Lord. His direction, His guidance. We miss it because we don't listen. If we listen to Him, we will avoid blunders and mistakes we will not fall into the trap of wicked and fraudulent men because God would warn us. Remember, we are his children. We are the apple of his eye. He loves us. He will not watch us like no parent will watch the child go into a ditch. And that is the same, but we don't listen. I pray that our ears will be open to hear the voice of God. And as God directs us so that we can have good success, You know, somewhere in March, I lost my father. My father passed. But before he did, I saw within a few days that he was going down. I I didn't like it. So during my quiet time, I was praying and I was weeping and I was travailing. earnestly for him. The Lord, you know, uh, let there be rejuvenation. Let there be, you know, and all that. And God spoke to me. And God said, prepare him for eternity. It was very difficult for me. But it was the best thing that happened to him. And so I did that. After I did all that, we prayed, he rededicated his life and all that. He didn't speak again. What if I had not heard? And I just kept praying, making noise. Yet God was telling me that the time is up. I have blessed him with 97 years. But it is time for him to come back. So do this for him. So he can go to a better place. What if I was still there? I won't listen. And after my amen, I go off. I could have missed it. Amen. Sharing these things for you to know that God is calling us to a deeper level of relationship. And for us to grow beyond the level at which we are now. Each time you go into your closet to do your quiet time, expect to hear from God and he will speak. Amen. Amen. Now the next component I want to talk about is the Bible reading and study. The study of the word of God is so important for our daily nourishment and our spiritual growth. We have a spiritual nature that can only be fed and nurtured by the spiritual nutrients of the word of God. Matthew 4.4 4. Man "...shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord." We need to nourish our spiritual being. We need to grow. It is the Word of God that grows us. And the power in God's Word cannot be measured. I cannot begin even to talk about all the things that the Word of God does for us as a believer... But I want to say that it gives us stability. Bible says wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of our times. The reason why many Christians are running up and down and being deceived is because they do not read the word of God for themselves. And so they don't know. And people are deceived into buying all colors of anointing oil. Red and yellow and black. Some are shine your eyes. It's supposed to give you favor. Some are returned to sender and, and, all that. I ask myself, as much as we also believe in the anointing oil, we do not make a fetish of it. Why is God in a bottle? It is because we, we have not tapped into his word to experience the power That is in His Word. The Word of God, knowing His truth, that sets you free. That delivers you. It is not all deliverance, that is the laying on of hands. Some is a Word. You get to know the truth of the Word. Something snaps. And you know you have been delivered. He guides us. It's a light for our path and a lamp unto our feet. The Word of God is rich. The Word is what builds our faith. We need faith. To be able to survive. We need faith to break through. We need faith to do exploits. We need faith to assess the promises of God. And it is God's word. Because faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. I want to say that this is a generation that is most blessed. We are blessed because we have the Bible in many forms. We have it on our laptops, we have it on our tablets, we have it on our iPads, we have it on your phone, everywhere. We have the audio, we have different Bible translations. But the problem with Christians today is that they don't read the Word. Sometimes a whole week, a Christian would have read his Word twice or once. For some, it is when they pick the Bible to be in church. But we must change this. Hallelujah. We must remember that there were people who sacrificed their lives. They were tortured. They were executed. Because they translated the Bible into English. So that the common man could read. And for that, they were executed. And we have the Bible today. And believers won't read. Or if we read, we read something very scanty. I want to challenge you. And get a good Bible. Bible. Buy a study Bible. Let's invest in enduring things. These are the things that will take us to heaven. Don't say it is too expensive. There are things that we, it costs us more. Ladies, our hair. Some buy w- um, wigs for over three hundred, and the Bible is one hundred and fifty. You say it's too expensive. That is what will save you. Amen. Amen. And buy a good Bible that has headings. You know, it's reader friendly, so you can enjoy reading it the words of Jesus are printed in red it has cross references and it has notes that can you know help you understand the passages that you have read it's important and i want to say get a translation that you can understand the purpose of reading the bible is to understand it is to soak it and all that so if the translation you are using you can understand what are you using it for? Get a new one. Young ladies, you are getting married. Tell the gentleman to buy a good Bible study Bible for you. You know, there, there's a Bible that accompanies the ring and all that. There are some that are fanciful, but very little um, um, fonts. It's not, You can enjoy reading your Bible that way. Get a good Bible. You will love your Bible study. And let me just show you what I mean by the translation. I have picked a scripture. From 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, the, script, the chapter on love. And let's look at what the New King James Version says. It says, Charity. Let's read it together. Can you read? Can you read from the board? So, can we read together? Ready, go. No, that's not the one I want. Is that what I have? The King James. Charity. You don't have that one there. Okay, so let's try read it. Let's all twist our tongues to the days of King James. (laughs) Ready, go. Oh, okay, we have an issue there. Let me just, let me just. I, I I had all the versions for a purpose. Yeah, the King James. Okay, so let's go. How many understand wanteth not itself? <laughs> so you are doing a quiet time. And you are reading this. Uh, how can you grow? How can you enjoy it? Even the word love, uh, the word charity. Uh, you know, English language is very dynamic. Words are changing, new words are coming up. So it's a, it's a different meaning. And uh, then wanteth not itself. So then we move on to the New King James. Version. that's what I normally use but let's look at what that says too shall we read love and is kind love does not envy love does not parade itself it's not up. so we are getting closer to clear understanding now let's take a very simple translation like the NIV and let's read that one too good shall we read So it does not boast, it's love one tenth not itself. <laughs> so pick a translation, you can understand, so you can enjoy your Bible study. And then use you can use a devotional guide. Daily bread, daily power, living word, devotional, and all that. But let me say, it's not a substitute for the Bible. I have seen people who just read. Just a verse that is quoted. And then it's like a little sermon. And that is the quiet time. You have not studied your word. You've not read your word. Go to the scripture and read it from your Bible. It will just quote one. But then take it, picked it from a certain context. So go and read that one. I even encourage you, if you could read a whole chapter. If for instance, it's just talking about First Corinthians chapter 13 verse 4. Why don't you read the whole of 1 Corinthians 13, so you can get a better understanding and read more. Amen. Amen. In the absence of that, you could always pick a book from the New Testament, the Old Testament, or the books of poetry, and be reading chapter by chapter. By all means, you have to read. And make it your goal that you will read through the Bible once every year. When you go into the internet, there are a lot of reading plans that you can find. Steady plans that you read from Genesis to Revelation. If it breaks down, don't worry. Pick it up again. If you are not able to finish by December, don't worry. Move on to March. You just keep doing it. Amen. Amen. Then meditation. We are getting towards the end. Meditation. This is a spiritual discipline. But this is something people do not often do. Joshua chapter 1, 8 says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night and you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. He says, you shall meditate on it day and night. In other words, you must focus your mind for, you know, on the scripture that you have read. Think deeply about it. What is God saying to me? What does this scripture mean? Ponder about it. Consider. Contemplate. Spend time to do that. When you do that, you gain a better insight into the word than just a cursory reading. And in that way, too, you are able to soak the word. The word of God dwells, will dwell richly in you. So let's do meditation Let's think about it. Is there a promise here for me? Is there a warning? What does this scripture mean? What is God saying to me? Yes, he's speaking about the, um, about the Israelites. He said they should go to spy, 12 of them. Go and spy in the land of Canaan. Come back, Moses said, and let's know. The people who live there, the kind of houses they live in, go and do that survey and come. God had spoken. He said, I have given the land to you. But when they came back, they said, ah, we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, they were there. And we saw ourselves as grasshoppers, and they saw us as grasshoppers too. We cannot take the land. God did not say they should take the land. As you meditate. We realize that God didn't say they should go and fight in their power. He had already said, I will give the land to you. And if God speaks, he's not a man that he should lie. It means he will do it. How he will do it is his problem. My, what I need to do is to just wait and trust in him. But they came back and said, because of these reasons, we cannot take the land. Who said he's, you are supposed to go with your strength? You may not seize this. When you read at first, as you ponder over the scripture, as you meditate, the Holy Spirit begins to give you illumination. And you begin to understand the word of God better, enriching your life. When you move to Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3, it also uses the word meditation. As it talks about the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and delights and, and meditates day and night. But that word, meditation, goes a step further. In that context, he talks about muttering, and repeating and active recitation. In other words, you repeat God's word. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Mm pleasant places. I will walk in pleasant places. Today I will walk in pleasant places. The boundary lines and you are repeating it and as you repeat it is entering you. you. You understand it is building you up. It is something you will not forget. I realize that what you discover yourself as you read the Bible and as you meditate is something no one can take from you because you will not forget. It is a powerful tool for changing your thought pattern. Why? Because as you are meditating, you focus on God. You focus on things that are pure, on things that are holy, on things that are trustworthy, on things that have good reports. Bible says these are the things we should think of. Hallelujah. So make time for this exercise. It is a discipline. Don't be in a hurry to leave the presence of God. Look at what you need to do. Apportion your time and have the best with the Lord. Amen. Amen. Then scripture memorization. Huh. I know some of us are growing. So it's not easy anymore. But we can still it, give it a go. And paraphrase, paraphrase. And all that. But it's a good discipline. Because it enriches our lives. Colossians 3.16 he says let the word of God dwell in you richly. In all wisdom. You know and when you have the word in you. It provides an immediate availability of God's Word to guide you. You may not have the opportunity of going for your Word to say, I'm looking for this scripture. No. But once the Word is in you, the Holy Spirit will bring it out to encourage, to guide. It becomes a sword during a time of warfare when you have to witness and minister to others. You are surprised at the scriptures that come out because you have a storehouse of scriptures you have meditated upon and have memorized. Sometimes when you read over and over, you will just memorize it without even realizing it. Even though I'm calling upon us to intentionally do it. When Jesus was tempted and the devil came to him, it was the word in him that he spoke to rebuke the devil. In Matthew chapter 4, he would say, it is written. So you find yourself walking in a lane, going home, and the place is dark. And you suddenly see somebody, it's like some man, you, you are not sure. Will he come to me? Am I safe? Fear comes up, but the word of God in you immediately also comes up. And says that even though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You go to the bank. Things didn't turn out. Money you were expecting didn't come up. You are almost getting depressed. But there is a word in you that you have memorized. There is a word in you that you have meditated upon. And you tell yourself, oh me, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Hallelujah. Let's do these things. Amen. Amen. Memorizing the word of God. Memorize a verse that spoke to you. Somebody told me that when he went to the embassy, a particular embassy for a visa, the counselor officer asked him that you um, say you belong to this church he, he, because of the letter of introduction. Uh, give me four scriptures. He said he said, he could not say any. He was not giving the visa. When I finish, I want as many of you to just speak, just speak out one scripture that you know. Amen. And if you realize that all the scriptures that you have are scriptures you memorized long ago, but there are no new ones, it means there's work to do. You know, weapon fashion, you learned this ten years ago. What have you learned today? it must be an ongoing thing there's so much more that we can put in us amen I pray that on a day of need we will not be found empty thanksgiving doesn't only begin but it also ends the season of quiet time the time you have with God and prayer and I want to suggest to you that the minimum time should be one hour if you are not able to do it And you make it 30 minutes, you are on course. Keep pushing. Keep pressing. You know, when you love someone, you like to be in the company of the person more. Have you seen a man and a woman in love? That's what happens, especially when men have turned on their hunting spirit. And they're pursuing a lady. You go and visit, they come back and see them off because you're enjoying the company. And if you really enjoy your quiet time, you would wish that you can have many, many more hours. So start where you are, but let's increase. Let's stay with God more. Let's spend more time with Him. Let's worship Him more. Let's fellowship with Him more. Let's read more of our work. Let's work at it. It is possible. There are many things that come our way. People talk about being busy. People talk about jobs. But if something is important to you, you will find a way. So let's work on our priorities. And let's look at the things that robs us of our time with God. Like social media. You wake up and it's the first thing you do. You pick your phone. And how many of you know that when you are browsing, whether it's WhatsApp or not, the time flies so fast. Before you realize 30 minutes is gone, before you realize one hour is gone, the devil has already robbed you of your time with God. Let's watch those things. Let's not sleep too much. Too much sleep. Let's wake up. Let's pray. Let's read our word. Let's look at the things that distract us and let's work on it. People have done so. And they'd been able to pull through. The mother of um, Charles Wesley and John, sorry, and John Wesley, she had 17 children to take care of. But she still found time to be with her Lord. She told her children, when you come to the kitchen... And I have covered my head. It's buried in my lap. And I've covered my head with an apron. It means it is my time with God. They respected it and would keep away. With 17 children, she still found the time. Hallelujah. Let's be like Mary who chose the better path to sit at the feet of God. Amen. Amen. And to conclude it all, after reading, after praying, after meditating... After memorizing, let's obey the word and let's put it into practice. Because it's as we put it into practice that we see the blessings of all that we have done. Amen. Amen. I want to just spend a few minutes to pray. And um, you know yourself. And you know where you stand when it comes to your devotional life and when it comes to your quiet time. Maybe you are okay with prayer, but Bible reading has not gone so well. Maybe you have been doing it. Prayer, Bible reading. But the other components are things that you have not really considered or worked at. But you want to ask for grace. You want to ask for strength. You want to ask for God's help to be able to do What he is teaching us. God will never ask us to do what. He cannot enable us to. So just speak to him. That tomorrow it will be different. Even as you go home. There are certain things that you will begin. But tomorrow morning. You will have an appointment with God. You will wake up. And you will just bless the Lord. And worship him. Your prayer will be different. Your Bible study will be different. This time it will not just be the devotional guide. You are reading, sometimes even off your phone. But you will reach for the word of God. We are going deeper. We want to remain connected. We want to grow in the Lord. We want to walk with God. We want to go to heaven. We want to know God better. We want to live victorious lives. We want our ministries to be more effective. We want to be more impactful. That what we do will touch men. Because we do it. We will do it not just with our strength. But with the strength and the energy and the wisdom that God gives to us. And as you pray, I pray for you. That may you have an encounter with God. As you enter the secret place for your quiet time may your spirit be open your ears hear the voice of God I pray that you will grow to another level in your walk with the Lord that you will grow in holiness that the fruit of the spirit will be more evident in your life because of your time with God you will bear fruit you will have more patience you will have more self-control you will be more gentle. You will laugh. You will The fruit of the Spirit shall be seen in you. These are the things that the Father desires in our lives. And as you seek the face of God, may your life never be the same. May you receive healing as you sit at His feet. May your body be made strong. May your organs function excellently. In the name of Jesus, as you seek God, as you draw near him, he says he will draw near you. I pray that you doors that were shut will be opened to you. Doors that men shut, God will open to you. Doors that you have been knocking on, that they will suddenly swing open for you. In the name of Jesus. May you find favor in His presence. Favor before your boss. Favor before your spouse. Favor for the contract. Favor for open doors. Favor for assets. In the name of Jesus. He says, happy is the man who listens to me. Yo, God will do great and mighty things. He just wants you to come closer. He just wants you to come to stay connected. In the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise tonight. We thank you for your word. We bless your name. We ask, Lord, that we will be doers of your word. That will be men and women who will walk in your will. That our lives will please you daily. In the name of Jesus. Can I have the priest team help me? In your presence,
1: I am content. Amen your presence who's helping me in your presence there is reflections of your life revelations of your power and might in your presence there can you hurry
0: shall we just stand in the presence of God and you can lift up holy hands if you can and just bless the Lord in his presence we have contentment and
1: completion amen Expressions of your love, revelations of your power and might. In your presence I can bring a love song of the rain. I'm in the presence of my king. Oh, we. Your presence there. Thank you Father Revelations of your power and my your presence I can bring A love song offering I'm in the presence of May God's peace
0: that passes all understanding. May that peace guard your hearts and your minds in all ways and at all times. May you experience the joy of the Holy Spirit, which is our strength. And may God empower you to break through barriers and to occupy new spaces and to take new territories. In the name of Jesus Christ. May the days and the weeks and the years ahead. Be better. Be greater. In the name of Jesus. And may what you have. Not yet seen. May the Lord cause you to see. May you handle. With your hands. That which you have prayed for. For so many years. May it manifest in the name of Jesus. And may pending miracles and blessings, I release into your lives now in the name of Jesus Christ. And I pray for you that indeed the Lord will expand your coast and the Lord will cause you to walk upon the heights, to walk upon pleasant places, to walk into a divine appointment, into an opportunity. And into your wealthy place. And as you seek God. More and more. May he show you great and mighty things. That you do not know. May his blessings be upon you. And upon your family. May those blessings fill your life. And overtake you. In the name of Jesus. And the people of God shall say a big amen.